You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all declining 13 minutes to go ahead of the closing bell. Stocks tumbling from the biggest gain in two months. Disappointing numbers out of Disney and Macy's, raising doubts about the strength of the U.S. consumer. We get retail sales numbers Friday morning. Today, Macy's plunging 15%. Disney down 4.3%. Here's where we stand, a 200-point loss now for the Dow Jones Industrial Average at 17,728, down 1.1%. S&P 500 index down 17, a drop of 8 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 42 points, a drop of 9 tenths of 1%. Gold up 14.10 the ounce to 12.78, a gain of 1.1%. Crude picking up 3.2%, higher by $1.43 a barrel to 46.09. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so very much. Time now for the ETF report brought to you by Van Eck Vectors ETF. Expect more from your munis. Target tax-exempt income by maturity and credit quality, all with low-cost ETFs. Visit vaneck.com slash muni. Van Eck. Access the opportunities. For our ETF report, we turn to Catherine Cowdery. As the search for investments with high yields continues, Double Line Capital's Jeffrey Gundlach is recommending mortgage real estate investment trusts in their ETF form. At a conference last week, Gundlach called buying mortgage REIT ETFs a no-brainer. Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Balchunas sounds a cautionary note. Keep in mind, this is not your grandfather's REIT. These aren't companies that hold real estate uh, and properties and physical properties. Instead, says Beltunis, these are financial firms that lend out at short-term rates and then buy mortgage securities at the long-term rates. So they make money on the spread between the two rates. The biggest has a 12-month dividend yield of 10.9%. But there's a caveat. Mortgage rates are sensitive to interest rates, especially an increase in short-term rates. So if that goes up and the Fed raises rates, this thing always gets killed when the Fed sounds like they're going to raise rates. So this is, you know, this is a difficult thing to maneuver around the Fed. You got to be very careful. The biggest, the iShares Mortgage Real Estate Capped ETF, has total assets of $901 million. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. So far this year, the S&P 500 has produced a return of 1.2%. The dividend yield is 2.2%. 
Here to help us make sense of this and what to do with our money is Mike Bailey, Director of Research at FBB Capital Partners, helping to manage $850 million, joining us from Washington, D.C., home to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2 FM. Mike Bailey, uh, give us your uh, strategy, your thesis right now for investments, given uh, the paltry returns that people can expect by investing in bonds, but also, it seems, uh, the performance of the stock market this year. Absolutely, and uh, thanks, uh, Pam and Kathleen, for having me back on. So, yeah, in terms of taking a look at the markets and kind of what would we expect for uh, perhaps the remainder of the year, uh, we think it's going to be, you know, kind of low to mid-single-digit returns. That's kind of what we've seen year-to-date, although it's certainly been a bit of a roller coaster. But, uh, you know, we, we look at uh, if you sort of strip out energy and some, some parts of the uh, the, the uh, market that are having, they're having a tough time, uh, you know, I think just look at earnings growth. And, you know, you call it, you know, mid-single-digit. Uh, you've got some companies with uh, some nice dividend yields that gets you kind of mid to high single digit. Um, I think that that's a fairly reasonable sort of yardstick in terms of what to expect for uh, for the full year. So might might not be too exciting for the last, last uh, few months of 2016, but I think, uh, you know, we may end the year sort of look back at maybe a 5 7% return for the full year, which, you know, is roughly in line with what you've seen historically. Let's check some factors off the list. And, of course, I'll start with the Fed because I'm such a, a Fed nerd. Uh, okay. Is it kind of asymmetric at this point? If the Fed doesn't raise rates till the end of the year, if at all, does that not help stocks much because it's kind of priced in right now? People are doubting the Fed will move, whereas the Fed surprises all the people who don't think they're going to move in June and does raise the key rate again. Would that be detrimental to stocks? Great point. Uh, no, I think uh, you, know, you could argue that that's kind of a you're looking at probabilities. So I think uh, you know, investors right now are thinking there's a very low probability of a rate hike, um, and so if that does happen, I, I think you, there's a there's some validity there. So especially if you get you know two or maybe three rate hikes, uh, certainly I think that that would uh, keep a lid on stocks. But uh, I think at this point, just looking at, at the data that's been coming out, my my sense, I, I guess I tend to go along with with uh, some of those other broader views that uh, we're like unlikely to see a hike for a while. I think you know as we get into election season, uh, although the Fed you know tries to be separate from uh, from politics and such, uh, you know, we may see them push until after the election. Uh, perhaps you'll see a rate hike in November or December. Uh, and I think even with that kind of upside and downside, you know, sort of scenarios we're talking about, I think there's still room for equities to move up another, you know, 3 4 5% uh, in the back half of the year. Well, equities have moved up, what, about 12 13% uh, since that drop that took place, uh, I guess, the uh, middle of February. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what you would be putting the money into now if you believe, first of all, that the market is going to continue to perform as it has, at least since the end of February? Certainly. So uh, our, our client base is a little bit more on the uh, the lower end of the, the risk return curve. So, uh, this, you know, with that kind of uh, in mind, we typically would look a little bit more towards some of the defensives. Although, you know, when I say defensive, we've got some kind of more aggressive picks within uh, that that sort of theme. So, you know, in general, healthcare is a name that, that we like. Although within that, we've certainly got some high growth uh, biotech. Uh, we've got, you know, HMOs, for example. Those are pretty interesting. United Health has done well. We think that that continues. Uh, and, and there's some others in there. Uh, for example, even a, uh, a Shire, uh, which is a company that's a fairly high growth and certainly has moved around a bit, but I think that one's got some acquisitions that could drive it. Uh, some other areas that we're looking at, utilities, certainly one of the uh, more uh, kind of slow-moving sectors uh, traditionally, although it's had a great run. Uh, we still like utilities for the back half of the year, although we're trimming a bit following the, the outperformance we've seen year-to-date. 
Uh, and then another couple of areas, again, we're, we're looking at uh, the consumer space. Um, despite kind of the, uh, the carnage we've seen today, I think more in the uh, consumer discretionary side, uh, we're a little more interested in the staples uh, business. So, um, you know, we like, you know, sort of if you want to call it the, the baby large caps, uh, Clorox and uh, Church and Dwight, for example, mm-hmm. those, those look pretty interesting. Um, even tobacco names uh, look, look pretty interesting, especially yield. Mike, can I ask you about um, tech stocks, tech sure. holdings with long growth tails? Absolutely. So one of the areas that I, mean, I sort of started out with uh, some more of the defensive sides, but uh, in, in tech we're still a bit uh, sort of below weight in tech. We're looking to add some things. Uh, one of the areas we're looking at is cybersecurity, and that, that's certainly all over the news. Uh, but our, our sense is looking at some of the companies that are growing a little more quickly, and I think basically looking at market penetration. Uh, one of the names that we've looked at is Palo Alto Networks, um, certainly a pretty high-growth company, uh, but basically they, they've given some interesting clues, um, at a, for example, at a recent investor meeting, and if you sort of triangulate what they're talking about, um, as long as people keep spending money on cybersecurity, which in our minds is kind of just a tax on business these days, uh, and a company like a Palo Alto Networks conti- continue to gain share, I think it looks pretty interesting. Uh, and you do have to go out a few years, but if, as long as they keep uh, tracking towards some market share goals, uh, companies like that look pretty compelling. I mean, you could put certainly five, even a 10 years of a sort of a long growth tail on a, a business like that. Mike, what are some of the common questions that you're being asked by your customer base? You know, I think one of the bigger ones is uh, just valuation. So, you know, we take a look at the S&P, for example. I think on, on our uh, metrics, it's trading about 18 times earnings. Uh, that's basically the, the recent high. So if you go back, you know, a year or two, that, that's kind of where we are. And the question is, you know, where do we go from here? Um, so I, I certainly uh, w- would agree that uh, that, I think I mentioned earlier, keeps a bit of a lid on, on equities. Uh, you know, I think we're unlikely to see a repeat of kind of the, the glory days of 20, you know, 12, 13, or 14. Uh, but I think, you know, you're likely to see a bit more outperformance here. You know, again, just very nice uh, sort of beating and raising by a lot of companies. You've got some nice uh, growing dividend yields and that type of thing. Uh, and I think that can keep, uh, you know, multiples uh, continuing a bit higher. The flip side here, we haven't quite talked about bonds yet, but really, you know, if you're looking to, to get some fairly stable returns uh, and bond yields are really just almost, uh, you know, essentially negligible, uh, you can look at some high-quality um, equities and get some very nice uh, dividend yields there. And I think investors, you may see flow of funds continuing into uh, equities that can drive those a bit higher. Even some bond guys say that um, big dividend payers are the the new the new bonds, right? Because exactly. the yields are so low. Speaking of low yields, though, do you see broadly? Are you strictly um, sticking to a U.S. centric strategy? Any opportunities you'd consider overseas? Yeah, I think in general we are skewed a bit more to the U.S. and, and developed markets, but uh, we're certainly uh, keeping our eyes wide open, uh, you know, to, to opportunities outside. Yeah, I think certainly other developed areas, Europe, a lot of folks are, are pointing there. We own a few individual uh, equities based in Europe, so I think we've got a, a bit of a toehold there. Uh, still a little, little bit of concern. You know, I think um, you just a lot of issues there, demographics. Uh, you've got immigration. You've got currency maybe going against Europe this year as opposed to being a tailwind last year. So some concerns in Europe. Um, other areas, China, certainly lots of volatility there. We're still a bit uh, cautious on China. We, we trimmed our positions last year. We're, we're not quite ready to, to jump back in the water. Water at this point, but you want to be wide open. You know, there could be some opportunities, and there could be some uh, areas to take a look at. But I think we're, we're still a, a bit more cautious at, the, at this point. All right, Mike Bailey, thank you so very much for joining us today. He is, of course, director of research and CFA at FBB Capital Partners. Uh, Eight hundred fifty million dollars of assets under management located. 
in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., home of Bloomberg 99.1. Well, it's certainly been an interesting day in the stock market. Almost every retailer in the country getting pounded, except for the giant online retailer whose name you know so well. Dave Wilson, way back, our stocks editor, to look at movers and shakers. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox, taking stock on Bloomberg Radio. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.